0: Hey everyone, today's episode is kind of a heavy one. I'm not gonna lie. We are talking about one thing that we all go through and that's suffering. Today, I'm so honored to have Michaela on this episode. Michaela is a focused missionary, a twin sister, a fiance, and a bold follower of Christ. Michaela's ability to be able to see the Lord through times of suffering is something that I have admired throughout this whole episode. In this episode, she dives deep on how we are called to suffer with Christ, walk with him through suffering, and how to glorify Jesus in the midst of suffering. We are so happy that you're here. Hi, friends. Welcome to the His Promise podcast. My name is Mary Ashley Diaz, but my friends call me Ashley. Get ready for real conversations with real people with real struggles. In times of turbulence, trials, persecution, and different seasons, it can be hard to see the Lord's promises for you in your life. My biggest prayer is that you'll be able to find the hope, joy, peace, and comfort through all of these conversations, and that you'll be able to see the promises that our Heavenly Father has for you as His beloved. Hey everyone, welcome to the um, His Promise podcast. My name is Ashley, and today I'm joined by Michaela. Hi, Michaela, how are you? Hi, Ashley. I'm so good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, of course. So, today we're going to talk a little bit about suffering, which is a big topic for our church and our hearts. And um, just like my witness with you has been so beautiful. And I just really, really love the way that you explain it and the way that you have just beautifully been faithful to the Lord with it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So the first question I have for you is just like, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, just who are you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> who am I? Isn't that the question? Um, so as you said, my name is Michaela. I have been a focus missionary for the last three years mm-hmm. and most recently have been serving abroad in Germany, which has been so beautiful. Um, And also there's been a lot of hardships with that too. So I'm sure we'll get into that a bit with this topic, but um, yeah, I have loved being a missionary, but I'm going to be leaving staff this coming year and pursuing some of the other desires of mine, which include fashion and thrift Mm -hmm. shopping and um, ethical and sustainability and things like that. Um, So I'm really excited for that shift. But other than that, I am getting married in December Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um so I'm very excited about that. I'm a twin and the youngest of seven.
0: What? Um, You're a twin?
1: I am a twin. I have oh a identical my twin yet. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that one. Oh
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a little fun fact about me. Um and yeah, that's a that's a very tiny sliver into my life, but
0: mm-hmm. very excited to be here and share a little bit more of my heart with you. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing all that. So, the first question I have for you um, in regards to this topic is How have you experienced suffering, and how are you able to seek the Lord in the midst of all of it?
1: Mm. Well, this is a very um, delicate topic for sure. So, mm-hmm. I definitely want to start off by saying that I have lived a very blessed life. You know, I, yeah. I definitely um, have been spared a lot of intense suffering that many people in our world do face, um, and yet through the, through God's grace alone, he has taught me so much through my own personal sufferings um, in such ways that I'm like, yeah, honestly don't know how I am worthy of understanding his heart in this way through the little things I've gone through. But yeah, um, yeah to get a little more personal with all of you, I have experienced some emotional suffering in the last few years. That Mm -hmm. was pretty intense at times. Um, I called off an engagement after being with my then, um, fiance for, we've been together for like almost six years, I think at that point, or yeah, almost six years at that point. Um, and there's a happy ending he is now my fiance again but (laughs) at that time um we broke up for about a year and it was just a really confusing and painful time Mm -hmm. um and then more recently um I had moved to Germany Mm -hmm. by myself for mission um without knowing anyone without knowing the language really yeah and just experienced a lot of loneliness a lot of homesickness um mm. so i would say that my experience with suffering has been primarily emotional yeah um and truthfully the only reason i was able to seek the lord in the midst of it all is because being in such emotional turmoil i guess um i really couldn't ignore it you know i mm. pretty much couldn't run from jesus anymore in those times because everything, <laughs> everything else that I would try and turn to just left me annoyed or even <laughs> not upset or empty, you know, like yeah. when you're going through a breakup or when you're, when you're feeling really lonely or homesick, music doesn't help. It makes you more emotional, yeah. like TV, you just get annoyed. You talk to friends, they don't get it, you know, and yeah. all of these places I was seeking my ultimate comfort just were mm-hmm. ultimately not fulfilling me until I realized, like, I have no other choice but to turn to the Lord with everything yeah. I've got. Um, and thank God for that because that was the only place that actually offered the consolation I was looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, something that you said that kind of said, I was like, I like going to other things and just being annoyed or just so empty <laughs> and unfulfilled, which is so true. But, like, when you were, t- as you're talking about that, like, I can really. Cause I also like have endured a lot of suffering this past year with um, just a like, breakup. Right. And just um, the Lord just kind of stripping me down and showing me who I have been um, all these years and like how I have wounded other people and just like all these things. And there's a lot of guilt and that. There's a lot of suffering in that, but I would run to those kind of things. Right. I would binge on Grey's Anatomy for like the 10th time, even though I've watched <laughs> it already um, just to distract myself because that made me happy at the time. But like afterwards, my gosh, like I feel so just annoyed and weird and all that. So I think that the fact that we can run to the Lord, the one who like intentionally fully knows us, right, is the only thing that's going to ever give us peace. Because even our friends, um, I have a lot of best girlfriends who have the best intentions for me and my heart. But like, and even though like they did help me through community mm-hmm. and through all of that, um, there was this sense of emptiness that I didn't know how to fill until I was forced to be at the foot of adoration and just cry and cry and cry. And that's when the most healing came and that's where the most freedom came from all that. So yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely not running to worldly desires. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And all of those things um,
1: have their place along the way. I'm (laughs) sure like, especially friendship, especially good, good women. um, Yeah. Who can know us and, and help us know ourselves better. But if we're not first going to the Lord, we can't, be honest with them either you know like yeah we're not first encountering our own hearts in front of jesus and and with jesus then our relationships are going to be shallower as well so you can only really have the fullness of either of those things if they're rooted at first in jesus
0: yeah of course so the root of all of it for suffering is christ so like i know that sometimes when we suffer like it is so hard to see christ in it all and for myself like I even want to blame him right Mm -hmm. as in like why would you let me go through this like why did you allow me to go through this or why didn't you protect me enough right so um do you feel like those comments or like those questions that people may ask like why God um is that rooted in a wound or would that be rooted in something else other than actually like why God
1: um I think yes and I'm sure we all have different yeah wounds that that comes from whether we yeah believe ourselves to be abandoned or whether we believe ourselves to be rejected Mm -hmm. or whatever it is um at the heart of that is a misunderstanding of who the father is and yeah for sure and how he loves us you know Mm -hmm. so those why god questions are definitely questions we should wrestle with if they're on our hearts but Mm -hmm. the answer is never um yeah, so much in the question as it is in the root of the question, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's always like there's always a step deeper to yeah. go when you have that kind of question. It's like, yeah, why God, why why me? But then it's like then it reveals the deeper question, like, why is it always me? You know, like yeah. there's a deeper question
0: there that you're like Yeah, there is a deeper question. <laughs> there <laughs> is a deeper question there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Is it can be hard. And I think that it is okay to ask those questions, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, like we were talking a little bit before the episode, I know in my family, I grew up in a house where I wasn't allowed to be mad at God um, or even question him because God is God and, you know, like he's perfect and he's um, a father. And, but we are allowed to ask because in asking those questions, like we said, like it reveals more things, whether it be our own hearts or just his love for us, right? So, oh, that was good. But anyway, my next question to you <laughs> is Is it possible to view suffering as a gift rather than a punishment? Yes.
1: And I think mm-hmm. this is a really important question to be wrestling with, especially in our world right now. You know, we've got, there's a lot of suffering going around
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in the world. And I think, this is something I personally wrestled with a lot too when going through the hardest times in my life. But in several places in in the New Testament, especially in the letters of St. Paul and in the Acts of the Apostles and things like that, um, St. Paul talks so much about suffering and, and about how he's rejoicing in his suffering and all yeah. this stuff and how God's power is made perfect in our weakness. And ultimately he talks about how if we are willing to embrace our cross and to partake in the cross of Christ, which is suffering, we will be transformed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so what does that really mean? You know, it's kind of like, all right, great. That sounds nice. But yeah. the, rea- the reality is that heaven is a place of perfection. And mm-hmm. so we ourselves need to be made perfect. We need to be made pure Yeah, before we enter into that um union with god and christ has made it pretty clear that suffering is that purifying agent Mm -hmm. you know like yeah he he suffered on the cross to bring about our salvation and we are called to partake in that suffering um as well and we as catholics believe in this in in ways that we're not even aware tie so directly to our daily experiences because we believe in purgatory right so we believe that ultimately we're going to suffer in some way before being mm-hmm. brought into heaven. And so the question is like, it's not like, is suffering necessary? It's like, will I suffer now or will I suffer later? I, uh, yes, <laughs> that's yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> and so we can embrace suffering mm-hmm. for the purifying thing that it mm-hmm. is. And if we can do that, then we begin to see exactly that it's a gift from mm-hmm. our father in heaven who desires to be with us. You know, he wants us to be pure and to be whole. Yeah. And to be with him in heaven for eternity.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And so it is a gift meant to draw us closer to him rather than a punishment, mm-hmm. which in effect pushes us further away. Yeah. You know, so I, I, Definitely think that this is a hard thing to accept. And I think it's something everyone has to kind of wrestle with themselves. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, everything the Lord gives us is a gift. Yeah. um, Suffering included.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. And um, one word that just comes up to mind as you're talking is just um like purification, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be being purified right now, like you said, on earth um, rather than in purgatory, which I personally would rather be purified right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather take up my cross right now and then go straight to heaven. Yeah. Um, but also just like, suffering allows us to be created new again Mm -hmm. whether it be with amongst ourselves right as a new completely person which is kind of what happened to me this past year um i'm not the same person i was a year and a half ago um and the only reason it changed so radically is because i endured that suffering and i allowed it to change me right Or it can be created new in the way that we see God the Father um, or created new in every area in our life. It doesn't have to be this like transformation in our person, but it can be a transformation in our hearts as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I also think that suffering is a gift. Um, Doesn't seem like it at the moment, (laughs) but I remember like hard days that I would have and I would refuse to pray to God. Like mm. I, I wouldn't like, I'm like, I'm angry at you, but you know what? Like I have to believe that you're good. So all I would do and all that I had the strength to do was get a rosary and just say, Jesus, I trust in you on every bead. That's all the strength that I had to say in the midst of my suffering, which is fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause in the, like, I still acknowledge Jesus. And like, I what I'm trying to say is that like, as we're suffering, it doesn't have to be this big prayer or this big like way to be able to endure the suffering it can just simply be jesus i trust in you Mm every second that you can remember to say right just acknowledging that god the father is there so yeah, yeah suffering can create you new again and in every way and that's a gift so true very beautifully said yeah so my next question is okay so there's a common saying that says that people say that says god doesn't ever give you more than you can handle what do you think about that (laughs)
1: i feel like this (laughs) is like a trick question because objectively i'm like yeah that makes sense true sure yeah but i think this can kind of fall into that category of like well intentioned sayings that can have not so good consequences Mm -hmm. um and that can kind of encourage people to numb themselves right because Mm -hmm. If you think about when you've ever heard that phrase, um, God doesn't give you more than you can handle, it usually comes as a response to somebody sharing their suffering. You know, mm-hmm. someone is trying to open up to another yeah. person about what they're going through and it's hard. And that person responds with, well, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Yeah. And that might be true, but what that person hears and what in effect they're saying is like, well, That's not, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it's not that bad. You can handle Mm -hmm. it. Like, just kind of numb that and keep going. Yeah. But the truth is, suffering is hard and Mm -hmm. we can't handle it on our own. You know, this phrase kind of implies like more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. And I believe that all that being said, we do have a merciful God who always sustains us through anything we go through you know so it's not a question of whether or not we'll get through our suffering it's just how will we get through our suffering is it going to be because of our own self-reliance because we can Mm -hmm. handle this or is it going to be through our total reliance on God in ways that previously we never had a reason to or never had the ability to Mm -hmm. and so I think if I could rephrase this sentence I would say like God doesn't give you more than he can handle, you know, because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of ways, it's like not us doing anything. Um, so the emphasis is always on him handling things, not us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all that to say, he will not allow our sufferings to, to crush us. You know, mm-hmm. he will always redeem us and always bring us through it. Um, but I think we do have to be careful with throwing around these phrases that just make mm-hmm. people... You know, kind of pull up their pants and try a little bit yeah. harder to get through <laughs> it when what we really need is to be received and told that it's okay
0: to be yeah. weak. You know? mm-hmm. So jumping off of that question, I'm going to ask you, how can we console someone who, like, instead of saying, oh, like, God doesn't give you what I can have, like, what can we say to that person? Or is there like nothing you can really say? Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the times that I felt A friend did a great job of just like entering into my suffering is is just simply asking questions you know digging a little bit Mm -hmm. deeper and helping me to know that i am free to share what's really going on that i'm free to um be a mess if need be Mm -hmm. and so either those friends would would just sit in silence with me and let me talk or they would gently ask like yeah how does that make you feel, I mean, it sounds like some yeah. kind of therapy session, but you know what I mean? Like the friends that, that just gently probe a little bit deeper. Um, and then the friends who can say, yeah, that is really hard. I'm here with you. You know, I'm here to talk. I'm here to lean on. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of kind of emotionally propping you back up on your own two feet and being like, good luck, you know, Yeah. but the ones yeah. who are willing to let you lean on them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I can say that for myself too, is that it was the friends who would just sit there, not say anything, just allow me to cry Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: just allow me to just tell them what's on my heart and them just listening. And, you know, just being that friend that you can lean on to instead of just being like, you got it, you know, like you got it, you alone Mm now, like you have it with Jesus. I think that I alone could never, ever, ever, ever endure any kind of trial in my life. Um, ever. So I agree with you when it comes to that sentence. So yeah. Okay. So next question is, why do you think God allows bad things to happen to good people?
1: Okay. Well, this is one of those questions that I myself have wrestled with. Um, And as a missionary, I can pretty confidently say that this is one of those things that keeps people um, away or keeps people up at night in any case, but can sometimes prevent them from really surrendering themselves to Jesus because they can kind of just be like, well, look at that evil over there. How could he allow that? Um, And actually one time I was on campus and every now and then we go out on campus and just try and meet new students and have Mm -hmm. good conversations with them. And one day I was talking with this young man and, you know, he was kind of having fun with me, like poking all these uh, controversial questions about the faith, like Mm -hmm. really trying to give me a hard time and crack me, um, to, to really reveal (laughs) like, yeah, your faith is, is not real or it's not right. Um, and the Holy spirit was really helpful in that conversation. and, And it was such a beautiful witness to like, yeah, I don't know the answers to everything, but in that moment, um, all the things that he had questions to, I could answer. And then it finally brought us to the point where He couldn't, like, there was nothing else he could ask me um, to disprove the truth of the gospel. And so finally, we get to the heart of the matter, and he kind of gets quiet, and he says, okay, so if this God you believe in is real, then why did he allow my parents to abuse me?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I just, like, oh, my heart broke in that moment, and I knew that at the heart of his problem with god was not any of those theological questions we just talked about yeah it all came down to why did god let me suffer i'm a good person you know and so i've prayed long and hard about that and we had a really beautiful conversation about it and in some ways we often have to start with this question but in a lot of ways we can't even approach this question until we've talked about so many other things you know so I'm grateful that we've had a conversation um, about suffering before this question comes up, you know, Mm -hmm. because we've already talked about how the purpose of suffering is to purify us. It's to transform us. It's to Mm -hmm. um, ultimately aid in our salvation. Um, And this question of why do good people, why do bad things happen to good people? That is not answerable unless we first understand the redemptive and salvific nature of suffering. Mm -hmm. But um, with this proper understanding of what suffering is for and that it is a gift, we are then able to see through this eternal perspective why God would allow even the best of people on this earth to experience that gift you know Mm -hmm. and honestly some of the best people i know some of those really good people of -hmm. this world who have suffered really heroically and have suffered really joyfully we all can look to those people that we know in our lives maybe maybe we had a family member who was suffering with cancer really bravely or something like that yeah um and i think each of us can tell a story of how that person had positively influenced us for the rest of our lives and reminded us what really matters. Yeah. And they give us a glimpse of Christ himself in such a real way. And so I think the, there's such a long answer to this. Somebody needs to know first and foremost that they, there is a God that loves them. Um, but then once you realize that, you understand that everything that comes your way during this life is made for that end of eternity, um, and why would God spare mm-hmm. the best people on earth, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, from that powerful
0: gift? You know, yeah, yeah. Like if we look at the saints, like some of the greatest saints, like endured yeah. so much suffering. Our Blessed Mother endured a lot right? of suffering. Um, yeah. So Jesus this himself, question. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Himself endured like the greatest suffering. Yeah, um, yeah I think that you can relate to me in this, like just being in ministry, um, some of the horrific and terrible stories that I have heard and like people have shared with me, um, it is rooted in something. It's not why is God doing this to good people? It's like, it's so much deeper than that, right? It's so much deeper. And when you get at the root of it, the heart of it, um, nine times out of 10, they went through something like horrific, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. I think something so beautiful is that to be able to witness people like you or people just like people all over the world where like, they suffered. Right. But it was for the glory of God and the glory of his kingdom. Like how beautiful is it to be able to witness someone with cancer, right. Suffer so joyfully and that impact stays or someone who was abused, like a woman who was abused um, and be able to talk about it and help other women. Like, like Mm -hmm. that's beautiful, right. To be able to not allow the enemy to continue to hold us in chains, but rather to use it for God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Um, that's more that's beautiful like I those kinds of stories to me when I get to witness them in ministry like they stick with me forever and when I suffer that witness that I had through that person it allows me to see things in a different way right because I saw the redemption in someone else's story or I saw such a beautiful witness um Mm -hmm. in someone else so yeah I think ministry is beautiful I think it's a gift that we get to watch that firsthand literally yeah
1: Yeah. and just like be Christ to those people in those moments because at the same time God never leaves anyone alone when they're Mm -hmm. in that in that moment of suffering I think that's that's where we get the problem it's not so much like why does bad things happen to good people but rather like why doesn't why are they alone in those moments like I think that's how it feels Mm -hmm. um, and that's how it can seem on the outside that if something bad is happening to you you must have been abandoned or left to your own devices mm-hmm. um, but yeah that's not the case but we have to really walk with people to be able to witness that to them and to mm-hmm. be Christ to them in those moments too so it's definitely not an easy question that can be s- summed up and then like yeah, no, yeah, together. No. yeah it's <laughs> like, this is a lived experience I yeah.
0: think than anything yeah for sure okay so the next question is how can we keep a consistency prayer life in the midst of suffering
1: yeah Well, I know that when I was going through a lot of suffering and and whenever I'm going through a rough season in my life, um, Mm -hmm. the struggle when it comes to praying is just that the overwhelming emotions kind of come up when you enter into silence um, because our our world is very loud and very noisy and we're really good at distracting ourselves. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But then if you have a practice of prayer, if you consistently are praying, you know that that silence can be really scary at first because everything ah. you're feeling has a chance to come to the surface. And so mm. um, it can be a little bit overwhelming feeling like, okay, if I open up this door, you know, if I start crying now, will I mm. ever stop? It just feels yeah. like so much comes <laughs> to the surface. <laughs> and this oh, gosh. can be really scary. Yeah, And it can kind of just seem easier to shove it all away and, and keep up the distraction. But we have to learn to be ourselves with God. We have Mm -hmm. to learn that at some point in our lives if we're going to have an authentic and deep relationship with him. And so that means showing up sometimes angry or confused or sad, Um, all of it, you know, he Mm -hmm. wants all of it. And so suffering gives us a really powerful opportunity to be able to do that because Mm -hmm. we pretty much can't avoid doing that unless we avoid God altogether, which Mm -hmm. of course, is an option. And I've taken that option myself. You told me, you know, in the course mm-hmm. of this conversation that you just can't bring yourself to pray sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of when it, when that comes into play, but that on a more practical side of things is when I really had to humble myself and reach out mm-hmm. to other friends in my life, you know, like, can you hold me accountable to praying today? Um, can you, come with me to pray I do yeah. you know like just having people check in on me make sure I was praying and then talk to me about what I was experiencing in prayer um, was really helpful for me to not just run away from it altogether when yeah. it got hard
0: yeah for sure I definitely agree that silence can really I like what she said about if I start crying will I ever stop <laughs> <laughs> because that's so true <laughs> Um, I think in the moments that I found most healing was with exactly what you just said, like um, this, like this time last year, um, the Lord spoke to me through a woman who prayed over me and he told me to go to the chapel for 67 days for an hour in the beginning of all that. And I remember going in my first two weeks not saying anything, like just so angry and so annoyed that it was silent and so annoyed that I had to be there in the presence of Jesus. And then like after that, it slowly turned to, okay, like I'm starting to feel emotions, God. Like right now I feel sad. Right now I feel angry. Like right now I could bawl my eyes out and not stop for the next three hours. Like And I journaled what's beautiful is that my way of prayer during this time is I journaled all of it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good um, tool for anyone that is suffering is just being able to journal. Um, I think that's, yeah, It's one of the best ways to let everything go Mm -hmm. Um, and keep your thoughts together. But for sure, like something we have to remember is that physically our flesh sucks, right? Like (laughs) our flesh sucks, like (laughs) us in flesh, it sucks, but like spiritually around us, um, heaven is fighting for us and there's saints interceding for us. And if we ask for that, like it'll happen. Right. And I feel like if the Lord would just unveil our eyes in the moment that we're crying to him, Mm. he would be like right next to us. Like Mm -hmm. I would be sitting on his lap, like, or Jesus would be next to me crying with me or our blessed mother would be right next to me holding my hand. Like if we were able to unveil our eyes and be able to see what actually goes on in those yeah. moments like in the silence heaven is with us and mm-hmm. it's so intimate and but it's like until we allow ourselves to see that um yeah like we'll find so much freedom and healing in that because like you said we're so scared of silence but silence is good yeah <laughs> the Lord reveals things in this silence yeah yeah totally that is his language above all else and if we're afraid of it then I know we're never going to encounter him you know yeah for sure okay so my next question is how does community and suffering go hand in hand yeah this is a great question i think the last one touched
1: on it a little bit but (laughs) um i think that in order to really suffer well or to allow suffering to really um like have its transformative effect Mm -hmm. we need community around us. We need people who are going to cry with us and to encourage us and remind us of the truth. When we start to fall prey to the lies that we hear. Um, And then also to rejoice with us and to be joyful with us in moments of reprieve, you know, from that, from that pain. Um, And I was actually, as I was kind of praying through this topic and preparing Um, I was reading a lot in Colossians and there's a part where St. Paul talks about um, how he is struggling for the sake of the people that he is Mm -hmm. ministering to. And then he has this line that says, so that their hearts may be encouraged as they are brought together in love to have all the richness of fully assured understanding. And the more I thought about it and prayed with that, the more I realize that St. Paul is kind of connecting the dots between suffering and this this richness of fully assured understanding, which if you put that in layman's terms is just like being known and understood, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and how important that is in the midst of suffering, because I don't know about you, Ashley, but the most beautiful friendships that I have, the ones that are most life-giving, Um, The ones that show me Jesus the most are the ones where I know that those people have seen me at my absolute worst and they've seen me, (laughs) they've seen me as a complete mess and they've chosen to stay, you know, and they, they still see me as good and they still love me Mm -hmm. maybe even more so, you know, and there is nothing better than that, that assurance of being fully known and yet still fully loved. And it's there that we can really rest and, and enter into what it means to be a daughter of God, you know, to be a a beloved. Um, And so that richness of fully assured understanding as Mm St. Paul puts it is always worth the like awkwardness and the uncomfortability (laughs) of, of getting vulnerable and allowing Mm -hmm. yourself to be seen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, God gave us communities or wants to give us communities mm-hmm. so that we can experience that in the flesh as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. I completely agree. Like I, as you're talking, I was reminded of when my past, my old pastor that I worked for, he, um he would come up to me, just ask me like, how are you? I guess he, he could sense that like I was struggling that day and he'd be, oh, everything's fine. Everything's great. Like everything's <laughs> completely fine. Like I'm doing great. Like my office hours are great. Like, and he looked at me and he was like, he was, my dear, how actually are you? I was like, I'm great. And then he goes, why are you so afraid of being, to be vulnerable? And then I looked at uh. him and I just started bawling. <laughs> and then uh. what makes it crazier is that at the end, not crazier, but just funnier, is at the end, I looked at him after I cried for him for like an hour. I looked at him and I said, I'm so sorry. You're my boss. And I just cried to you like a little girl. I'm your youth minister. And I just bawled my eyes out in front of you. And he looked at me and he said, Okay. And like, Aww. why is it so like vulnerability is not a bad thing? So he, like, as you're talking, he is my spiritual father now. I, he yeah. adopted, we adopted each other. But he, <laughs> I know, <laughs> he is. The person that completely fits what you just said of being fully seen and fully loved afterwards because there was no, like, awkwardness or, like, or even the slightest bit of, like, oh, Ashley's unqualified for this job because she Mm -hmm. was just vulnerable Mm -hmm. with me. If anything, it was, oh, my goodness, like, I love that she doesn't have to put up a front. Yep. right? That she's this amazing youth minister who like loves Jesus. It's like, oh, like she also has issues too. Like, you know what I mean? And then I just remember him just being like, you can be vulnerable. I'll cry with you. Like, okay. And, and so, yeah, like I cherish my friendship with my old pastor. Um, And I cherish all my friendships that walked with me through this season of suffering of literally seeing me a mess. Yeah. right. Because I think my fear is that because I'm in ministry, I can't be seen as a mess. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so my friends, my dearest girlfriends, like, um, who have seen me as a mess and still see that I am adequate or like I am fit enough to be in ministry. Like I have never once felt like they have fully seen me, but don't fully love me or believe in me. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, those, that's so important to have friendships that fully have seen you and then fully love you afterwards. Yep, absolutely.
1: It is, the best there's really nothing else like it than crying like a baby in someone's lap and then yeah just having them look at you with great love you're just like wow okay i'm good even in this place i
0: feel so (laughs) ugly you know I'm, i'm good and yeah and how freeing is it that that's not our identity right like we don't i never have once felt like they look at me as just this broken girl and has put that identity on like on me um Mm -hmm. and that's a grace and that's such a gift and also just also being that friend right like we keep talking about like if you're suffering like you do this but like let's talk about it in like that friend like Mm -hmm. also just being that friend of like if someone comes up to you like and they just cry like sometimes it's okay to just be like I don't know what you're feeling Mm -hmm. but I'll just sit here and hold you yeah and I'm here to sit here and hold you even if I don't get it right so yeah Yeah. So, okay. So what promise does the Lord have for those who are suffering? Oh man, I think
1: he has every promise for them. You know, like when I hear this question, I just want, like, I want to hold that person who is Mm -hmm. suffering and just be like, you have no idea what's waiting for you, you know, like on the other side of this. And funny story actually um I the day after I broke off my engagement um a few years ago I was sitting in the chapel and I was just crying I was just a mess and I had this verse from Jeremiah except I didn't know it was from Jeremiah at the time I just heard it Mm -hmm. all all the time it's one of those very famous verses for I know the plans I have for you says Mm -hmm. the Lord and that was just bouncing around in my head, and I was like, trying to push it away, push it away, trying to deal with my own pain. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wait, what? What am I? What is this verse? Why is it popping up? Where is it from? What does the rest of this passage say? And so, I finally like Googled the whole verse and the whole passage, and basically, the whole passage is saying like jesus says sorry not jesus it's it's to the prophet jeremiah so it's god speaking to a prophet but um he says to this prophet like when you seek me with your whole heart you will find me and i will bring you back from this place to which i've exiled you so basically that's where the whole next line of for i know the plans i have for you says the lord mm-hmm. um, plans for um you know goodness and not for woe and things like that and basically he's making this promise that When your heart fully belongs to the Lord, he will restore everything. He will Mm -hmm. um, fulfill all of your plans. He will bring better things into your life than you could have imagined in the first place, essentially. And I just started laughing because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I just broke off my engagement. My life is in shambles. And you're going to tell me (laughs) that you're going to bring me out of this exile and you're going to fix like fix it all like it just felt so impossible Mm -hmm. but it felt like the truest promise anybody had ever made me and so I kind of just like wrote that down I journaled it like you said Mm -hmm. um and forgot about it and then yeah God worked many miracles in my life over that next year and he did exactly that you know over that year I did give my heart to the Lord in ways in which it had been previously shut to him. Um, and then he did bring back and restore a lot of those things that were mm-hmm. um, taken, taken from me, so to speak. Um, and yeah, anyway, like at that moment, I could not understand what he meant by that. Like, what do you mean you're going to restore me? What do you mean you have plans for me? Like, yeah, your plans for me include heartbreak and like, <laughs> i've asked that so many times (laughs) (laughs) but now standing where i am today i can look back and see that that promise Mm -hmm. was absolutely true yeah Um, and so and i see it in the lens of of heaven you know none of these things on earth matter half as much Mm -hmm. as it does as half as much as the promise that my heart now belongs fully to him and Mm -hmm. that is the main point um he could have never brought back any of these things. He could have left me in a place of desolation, but my heart would belong more fully to him than it did before. And that alone is enough. Um, and so we yeah have this beautiful promise from the Lord that he goes above and beyond. You know, He doesn't have to restore anything to us. Um, we don't deserve any of this stuff. It's all a very gratuitous gift um and so yeah i think he has that promise for everyone who suffers he has first and foremost the promise of salvation and the promise of eternal life yeah but even more so in his goodness he goes above and beyond and also promises us good things in this life Mm -hmm. um yeah and peace and joy and all of those things so yeah of course that looks different in everyone's life the circumstances Mm -hmm. but the promise at the basis is the same
0: Yeah. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah. Because like when it is salvation, it is eternity and then um, just peace and joy. And I think that sometimes it's hard to see those things, right, because we are suffering and our flesh, again, sucks. Um, But if we just open our eyes a little bit every day, I feel like the Lord somehow every day tells us, that he loves us, Um, even if it's just literally in like the smallest way, like a hug from a friend or like um, a sunset, like the Lord tells us that Mm -hmm. it's gonna be okay every day. Um, And I think that we constantly have to run towards that, right, and kind of look for those every day. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's beautiful. So last question is, what is something that the audience can ponder or pray about the rest of the week? Ooh, I love a good challenge. when I was
1: preparing and praying through, um, just a little more in depth, why suffering is redemptive. I really kind of mm-hmm. wanted to hear from the great saints of our church mm-hmm. on this matter. And so of course, um, I turned to some of the people,
0: mm-hmm. people
1: encyclicals. And so there's an encyclical entitled, um, Salvi Fici Dolores, which is I mm-hmm. think Italian or maybe Latin for, um, like salvific suffering or redemptive suffering. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing is all about suffering and and the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, one of the quotes that I read said, um, assuming that throughout his earthly life, man walks in one manner or another on the long path of suffering. It is precisely on this path that the church at all times should meet man. And that was like kind of a gut check for me um, in two ways because this path that it speaks of is a a two-way street, you know? Yeah. Are we personally allowing the church to meet us in our suffering? You know, so as we said before, are we allowing our friends and our family and our loved ones and priests and the sacraments to meet us Mm -hmm. in our suffering? Are we willing to show up with that open heart and be honest but then on the other hand are you and I who are the church willing to meet others in their suffering Mm -hmm. so as to bring them closer to Jesus you know and you had just touched on that where you were like yeah it's great to have those friends but also are you willing to be that friend yeah and so this was just something that I brought to prayer um, because I have many experiences of of trying to share the faith with another person or just really have somebody experience the gospel in some way. And it's very often in a place of suffering where the rubber meets the road and Mm -hmm. these things finally make sense and they Mm. finally um, have an opportunity to be experienced and lived out. So yeah, this was just a really beautiful and challenging um, thought for me that if every man... On this earth is going to at one point or another in his life suffer that is where the church needs to be like first and foremost yeah. we need to be on that road ready to meet each of them yeah. um, or else we r- run the risk of losing that soul or allowing that soul to feel abandoned when they needed the church the most mm-hmm. um, so maybe that could be something for each of us to ponder and to pray about and to really just bring to the lord like are we allowing that in our own lives and are we
0: being that in the lives of others yeah for sure yeah that's beautiful you challenged me for sure (laughs) i'm gonna think about that (laughs) um yeah so i was going to say um just like add on to that is like something to ponder about also is like i look back at the times where um i like couldn't see jesus right and like when it was really hurtful and My mentor, she told me, Ashley, look at the cross and join your sufferings on the cross with Jesus um, and take away a little bit of his pain. Like if you can just say yes to this, to the suffering, you would take a little bit of Christ's pain from the cross. So it's like, as you're talking about the world and like if every person um, would meet every person as a church, I was thinking like if every person were to just picture ourselves on the cross with christ how much would our lord suffer right like w- mm-hmm. if we all endured our suffering we could allow jesus to suffer less as well yeah we so, could console his heart yeah we mm-hmm. could console his heart so yeah like that was beautiful like i love that yeah. you're definitely gonna make me think about that all week <laughs> <laughs> for sure me
1: too. yeah it still still challenges me every day and i think it should be something we're pushed by yeah over and over
0: again Mm -hmm. yeah and something to be reminded of as well right because it can be hard to forget that the change starts within our own hearts so Mm -hmm. yeah so okay Michaela so where can we find you if we ever wanted to chat with you or just follow you anywhere where can we find you the main place that you can find me is over on instagram
1: um at Michaela Rachel um spelled like michael with an a and then (laughs) r-a-c-h-e-l Rachel
0: okay beautiful well thank you so much for this conversation it definitely um, yeah it resonates in my heart a lot so I know that it resonates in a lot of people's hearts so I'm so thankful for your ministry and I'm so thankful for just who you are and just being able to be a witness for your life and and in suffering so thank you so much thank you so much for having me it was truly an edifying
1: conversation for me and such a joy to be able to talk about one of my oddly favorite subjects
0: same (laughs) Hi friend, thank you so much for tuning into the conversation. We are so happy that you got to join. Never forget how seen, known, and loved you are by our beloved. I am so thankful for you. I hope that today you are able to see the Lord's promises that He has for you in your life. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Follow me on Instagram at Maryash, that's M-A-R-Y-A-S-H-H underscore, and follow the podcast at His Promise Podcast. Leave a review, tag me, or DM me. My DMs are always open if you ever want to extend the conversation. See you soon!